Hello again, uh, Keith Hadding with NC Realty Services, bringing you another uh, wonderful podcast. Um, you know, the truth about real estate and more unscripted. And uh, so, you know, I did a video that's um, on my website and talked a little bit about um, eliminating some of the myth behind the difference in manufactured and modular housing the pros and cons, the do's and don'ts, whatever. And uh, it caught a little traction. And recently, uh, I guess it got, somebody reposted it. And and so I got a few comments back and that kind of thing. Anyways, so I thought maybe I would talk a little bit about that today and uh, and share it here as well. You know, anything somebody wants to listen to, you know, maybe somebody else wants to listen to it. So uh, until I can get you guys to start giving me some feedback, and we can start talking about what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. We'll just continue to uh, ramble on. <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about that for a minute, because, you know, uh, last week I did a thing about being concerned about the government actually pushing manufactured homes and manufactured home programs um, out on the people and, and, um, not sure that's the best thing for everyone. And it certainly is for some, and I won't, and I wouldn't take that away from them. But, but not. You should get the facts. It's it's like anything else. It's like in my book, I talk about your role is to vet. If you're a buyer or a seller, trader, investor in real estate, your job is to vet the people that you use. To vet the 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 retailer if you're buying product like a manufactured home. Uh, what I mean by vetting them is, you know, every horror story that I ever hear when somebody walks in my door to break the bad news to me, it always starts off with, I picked the wrong builder. I picked the wrong retailer. I picked the wrong realtor or the wrong agent or uh, the wrong insurance person, the wrong doctor, right? Every every single, you know, uh, miserable story I get to hear starts off with those kind of things. And so, so I share that in my book and I share it with you here now that, you know, vetting those people is what's really important. When when folks come into my office here looking for modular homes, for example, I tell them there's really only two questions they need to be focused on on visit number one. And that is, do I have a home the quality they want and am I the builder to help them put that package together? So, you know, I, I encourage them to to dig deep and, and, uh, you know, see what's out there. You know, what's my reputation? What's this business's reputation? And, you know, what are people saying about us? If there's something derogatory out there, I'm not aware of it. And certainly if it's out there, I would love to be made aware of it so we could remedy the situation if possible. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's the role that's in there. So, um, with that said, we should do the same thing with manufactured and modular homes. We need to vet the retailer, and, and the crews that they're using and all the moving parts. So a couple of things to start with. A manufactured home. And I'm going to date myself. I'm going to go way back here. We started with coaches, right? <laughs> uh, they were called coaches and then they were called um, trailers and then they were mobile homes and now they're manufactured homes. Manufactured homes, single wide, double wide. They are built to the National Building Code or the HUD Code. Right. Housing and urban development is the building code nationally. So I could build that house 
here in North Carolina and sell it in South Carolina. I could sell it in Virginia. It wouldn't be practical to take it all the way to California, but I guess I could. So um, because that's the same building code for that product. Now, there are certainly going to be localized codes that reference um, what you're allowed to do, and you've got to deal with those individually. But as far as the product itself, you know, it's built to meter exceed that code. Whereas a modular home, even though it too is built in a factory in an assembly type or production type system, it's built to meter exceed the county and state that it's going in. It's not really designed to be mobile anymore. It's designed to be permanent housing built to the same building code. Uh, again, I use the words meet or exceed because we tend to have a tendency to exceed. My products, for example, that I represent here at Ocean Isle Beach are on two by six outside walls. That's a very heavy product. Your normal site builder here is not going to use that extra heavy lumber unless you pay him a lot of money to do it and kind of twist his arm to do it. The typical site builder is using a two by four, which is not even two by four inches anymore. Um, so uh, so the, the, the degree of material used in the modular is superior today. Um, a couple other things you probably should know in return, regards to the modulars, they're, they're built in an assembly line system. So they're built on jigs and squares. And, and the guy who's framing my house in the factory is the same guy who framed the last hundred houses, right? It's not like I have a different framing crew. On my site built projects, I have a, a general contractor that's a superintendent for me, but I never know who the crew is that's doing the framing every day because there's a pool of people they're pulling from. And I might not get the, I won't get the same people twice. And so the consistency that's available in the production system is fantastic. I mean, I don't have to find a, use a stud finder to find the studs in the walls in here, I can just measure them out because they were on a jig and they're right. And uh, so there's some advantages. House is built indoors in a climate controlled environment. So during construction has never been wet. To, to us, we think that's a really big deal. That's huge. And it's huge because, you know, back when the bubble burst in 2008, and you know, I'm an appraiser, I do a lot of appraisal work for banks. And so I found myself doing a lot of these foreclosures and, and REO projects and I, every house I would go in was just full of mold. And so I started asking the question, how, where's all this mold and mildew coming from on these houses? It just something doesn't add up to me. It doesn't make sense. And they'd say, well, we want, you know, when you unplug the house and you stop, you know, conditioning the air that's in there, it makes the environment conducive to grow mold and mildew. And so that's what happens, that the mold just takes over. And I say, well, wait a minute. I've got houses sitting right here on this display center. When I came here, there was a house sitting here was five or six years old, never had conditioned air on it. Never. We had mold inspectors come out and check it before we sold it. And there was zero mold on that house or in that product. So it can't just be about the house was unplugged and the air wasn't conditioned. My theory, and it's just a theory, I can't prove it. My theory is that all the excess moisture that was involved in the construction process it is an ongoing problem for the house. That excess moisture is trapped in those walls and, and in that lumber and everything else. And then, so now when you've unplugged it and you've added the element, because there's mold in the air everywhere. So now the mold has a healthy environment to grow in. It's a moist, healthy environment where our house is typically, the modular home is typically a drier product because it didn't have that condensation and the rain, everything else that came in while the house was being framed, floors built, that kind of thing. 
So anyways, that's my theory there. But the, the myth buster here is a manufactured home is built to meet or exceed the HUD building code, and the modular home is designed to meet or exceed your county and state building code. If I'm building a house for Brunswick County, North Carolina, it will be inspected, it'll be labeled, it, uh, all of that will be done based on that building code um, for us here. Okay, so that that's really it in a nutshell. Let's stop talking about whether there's a frame or not. That's a, a problem that Fannie Mae created when they said, if it has a frame under it, we're going to treat it like a trailer. Um, <clears throat> and that kind of muddied the water. And certainly it has an impact if you're trying to finance with Fannie Mae and you're doing an on-frame modular. But for the most part, it doesn't have a significant difference. Anybody else? On-frame modulars are also a very strong and sturdy product. They use a little bit smaller floor joists typically, but they have the additional strength of the steel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but again, you have to worry about whether someone has adopted some regulations based on the steel frame staying under there. It's a shame if they have. Um, we don't do any on-frame modules just for that very reason, that we feel like it have a stigma and we'd, and we'd run into some, maybe some value problems down the road. So we just don't do it. Um, so there you go. Mythbuster. Uh, manufactured and modular, you know the difference. Now, lenders, banks are going to treat them differently as well. Um, typically your, your, um, gray inventory, distressed inventory, foreclosures, REOs are higher on manufactured products than they are anything else. And so typically your lenders have a greater risk. So they're going to charge you a higher interest rate. So let's take, for example, if somebody was buying a typical land home package with a double wide and they are, um, uh, and they're going to go to um, one of Warren Buffett's companies, right? Uh, 21st Mortgage or Vanderbilt Mortgage, one of those companies to get the financing for this package. And uh, let's say that package is uh, $135,000. That's a pretty common number uh, for the appraisal units that I do here. Um, and they're going to have, um, like I said, a higher interest rate. So their house payment at, at an eight and a half percent interest rate, for example, it's about nine hundred and fifty six dollars just for the just for the principal and interest. So you could take a hundred and sixty five thousand dollar modular package um, at, at a right now three and a half percent interest. And your payment is going to be mu it's going to be much lower. <laughs> I mean, um Yeah, I mean, it's a huge difference in what the payment is. So why would you do that then? Why would you spend $135,000 on a package if you're financing? <clears throat> now, if you're writing a check for it, that all bets are off because there's no interest to worry about in there. And so all things being equal, you will have spent less money and, and that would be a good benefit for you. But if you're going to finance the house and the land and home package, then you can you can finance a lot more house for the for the money because of being able to get the lower interest rate and because of being able to get the better appraised value uh, on your property. So you can build equity faster in something that's going up in value, just like the other properties and site built homes around it. A modular home is appraised the same way, excuse me, the same way a site built house is using, excuse me, site built product. So 
that's not true. Manufactured homes, you're going to use manufactured homes. So, uh, so we got a big difference, right? Built indoors, uh, climate controlled, more lumber. Typically, about 30% more lumber because of the way it's transported and about 30% less cost because of the way it's being built in a production system. The construction time is typically a four to six month process or site building is six months to a year. Uh, so it's a little bit faster. Uh, we can be working on the development of the property while the house is being built. Site builder has to develop his property before he can begin to build. And that's where there's a time problem. So huge differences. You need to get the facts. If you're going to buy, if you're in the market to buy, <coughs> excuse me, I, I welcome you to come and sit down. We'll go over it, whether you're buying from me or not. And, and, and just spell it out and just say here, this is what kind of impact this is going to have on you and what it means to you now and what it means to you in the future. I've had people say to me when I say, well, let's look at this as an investment because that's how I look at every property. And they say, well, we're not interested. This is the last house we're ever going to buy. We're not going to refinance. We're, you know, that's it. We're just going to pay this note till it's paid off. And I look and I see all these, you know, the children running around. They got there and I say, well, how are you sending that one to college or that one to college or that one to college? I mean, Typically, the home equity we have allows us to do uh, greater things. And so, um, you know, you always need to look at it like it's an investment and, and put your best foot forward. Now, for, I, I started in a single wide. My wife and I, the first house we lived in when we were married was a small single wide. Um, we moved one night when I went to my son's toy room and found a, about an eight foot black snake. I don't like snakes. And we moved. Uh, <laughs> so we had a single wide. Eventually we had a double wide and then we went on and built a modular. Uh, we, we've lived in many site built homes throughout in between. And as we moved and traveled, uh, I've even lived in barracks when I was in the military. So I've been <laughs> lived in a lot of things as an appraiser. I get to see everybody's product. I get to touch and feel and, you know, and, and uh, kick some tires and shake some glass, so to speak. So, uh, so I, I'm blessed that way that I get to see everybody's stuff, not just be isolated to what I um, do personally. And everything that we do here, we try to do as if we were going to live in it ourselves. If, if it makes sense, we want to make sure we have that conversation with our clients to say, hey, this is why we would do this. This is why we would spend extra money making sure your house and foundation are right and your stormwater runoff is good. Uh, as opposed to just sticking it out there and letting you worry about it later. Uh, it, it, some people would look at it and say, well, that's too much money to do that. And, you know, I can go down here and get the house cheaper from somebody else. Well, yeah, you can get something cheaper, no doubt. Uh, and you can get people that'll do it wrong that aren't concerned about later because they're not going to stand behind it or warranty it later. And that's just not the way we do business, not the way I do business. And it's certainly not the way I would recommend um, that you do business with people that are that are like that. That's why I tell you to vet those people. Make sure that their reputation. I mean, it's not hard today with the computer. Just Google them. Like Google so and so homes, and and uh, you know what are people saying about it? Let me look at Consumer Reports and say, you know what's going on. And I'm not telling you to throw the baby out with the bathwater. If you saw a derogatory comment about you know ABC Builders, I hope there's not one of those out there. I'm trying to be generic. Um, you know, what might be the right thing for you to do is to take that comment and go talk to ABC builders. If you're, if you're excited about some of the things that you feel like they can do for you, but you found these derogatory comments, go and talk to them about it. You know, it's, it's hard to keep a hundred percent of the people happy a hundred percent of the time. And, and sometimes it's the simplest of miscommunications that gets somebody off on the wrong foot. I know from my experiences, 
when people start to get a little sideways on something, it has a tendency to just grow and fester. Instead of just throwing it on the table and let's talk about it and let's get beyond it, it kind of grows and, and then people will say can say or do things that they later on really don't don't mean when they realize, you know, what the end result was going to be for them. But uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I complain about some of my crews. Uh, the job site's not as clean as I'd like to see it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who likes to clean as I go. And uh, you can't tell that by looking at my desk. But um, but uh, yeah, on a job site, I, I do like that. So, you know, nobody's nobody's perfect. So have that conversation. If you're if you're sold on what they're doing and you find this little bit out there, give them an opportunity to to you know, demonstrate to you what maybe what they tried to do to make it right. And then maybe maybe the fault or blame should be shared a little more with the other side of that. So I'm not saying, you know, just find the person that's flawless. That would that may be a challenge for you. But but it's always worth the effort to uh, to put in the time to, as I say, to vet people and you'll find your best people sometimes when you, when you put a little extra effort into the search. So anyhow, I got a little, uh, I don't know if it was off topic. It's supposed to be uh, real estate and more. So I guess we're more uh, going a lot of different directions. Got a little, a uh, little bump, a little interruption there, a little uh, sponsor inlay, which is fine. And, um, uh, you know, you too can be a sponsor. So let me know if that's something you want to do. We'll get you plugged into it. If not, uh, we appreciate your feedback or comments anytime. We'd we'll love to put your comments and send me a recorded message. We'd we'll love to put that into your into the podcast uh, down the road, and uh, we'll get it. We'll get her done, so to speak. So, um, all right. Well, let me get back at it. I'm I'm trying to interview some people. I'm hiring here and. Uh, and putting more people on and trying to grow this thing. So I need to go back and get at it. My name is Keith Hatting. This is uh, uh, the NC Realty Services podcast, um, the truth about real estate and more unscripted. Well, I hope you'll continue to uh, listen in and uh, certainly, as I said, always uh, providing your feedback and comments are great. I will uh, I will hear you, see you, speak to you <laughs> on the next podcast. Keith adding NC Realty Services. If you know somebody's buy, sell real estate, uh, wants to trade or invest, uh, a referral is the best compliment you can ever give a person. So uh, send them our way. We would appreciate it. Until next time, God bless.